Yeah, Canada's calling out to you. It's the the maple syrup. I don't think I, I don't think I'd have a lot of resistance from the wife right now about the idea of moving based on what's been going on here. I heard I heard they're building a wall though to keep Americans from coming in. Hey there, this is Eric Van Johnson, and you're listening to PHP Ugly, episode 46, recorded January 19th, 2017. In this episode, Thomas and I talk about the new hosts over at Laravel News. Is there a Laravel conference coming to Canada? Laravel 5.4 introduces two new middleware and some symphony trends, and a lot more. So let's get started. Good afternoon, Thomas, right up. You are killing me. Can we get can we get the start of the show going? Uh, good afternoon. <laughs> I was waiting for you to talk over me. Uh, this is how my all right. Uh, we're just going with it. This good point. afternoon. This is how Eric. my day's going. This is how my day's going. I I can't. I swear to God, I can't do the simplest thing. I think I I sent out four or five tweets today. Not one of them was worded correctly. Even when I tried to correct the wording on a tweet, I didn't correct it correctly. It, it, it was Isn't horrible. that one of the core concepts of Twitter, though, is that nothing is spelled correctly? Yeah. I'm pretty good at Twitter, then. I'm, I'm a Twitter maniac, because I can't type 140 characters with grammatically correct to save my life. I, I can barely speak, apparently, tonight. with. <laughs> I'm just having one of those days. I tell Flust, you what. Flustered. Well, it's a big, it's yeah. a big day tomorrow. I think we're all... We're all anticipating it. Yeah, it's going to be, oh man, I just, here in the U.S., we have a new president taking office. We're, we don't talk a lot of politics on here, but this is just one of those crazy scenarios where it's kind of hard to avoid talking about it. Well, and it's it's not really politics. It's more like pop culture at this point. That's yeah, true, but it is still our politics. And this, this is the man... <laughs> You know, hold the highest seat in the office for the next four years if he doesn't, if he manages not to get impeached. <laughs> yeah, the uh, statisticians are saying that's unlikely that, that he'll make it more than a year without getting impeached. <laughs> are they doing over under on that now? Uh, I don't think there's an over under on it, but there are a lot of poli science guys that are uh, that are that aren't expecting it to go all the way to the end. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much I care. I mean, you you want to care about it. I'm kind of bracing. Uh, I I there's nothing else you can do about it right now. He's the president. He's we've got a, a country to try to maintain, and you know it's just it's situations like this where we as citizens of this country have really got to learn what our rights are and make sure that we protect them because we're empowered to do so. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I, I, I sort of surprised myself the other night cause I was watching TV and thinking to myself, you know, it really hasn't, it really hasn't been so bad so far. And then it occurred to me that he hadn't been inaugurated yet. Even no, <laughs> no he hasn't literally, no, literally hasn't even had his first day yet. So, so yeah, that might, that might explain why it hasn't been so bad. Yeah. What else have you been up to? Any anything fun? Working? Oh my God, MCrypt! You know what MCrypt, MCrypt. is? I I do. And if you were part of, if you had heard my uh, 
PHP uh, 7.1 talk, you'd know that encrypt was going away. Yeah, well, we just did a server upgrade to uh, 7.1, and lo and behold, it really did go away. <laughs> well, it's, depre- it should, it's supposed to be deprecated in 7.1. Uh, it's it's deprecated in, it was deprecated in 7 and gone in 7.1. It's really fully officially gone. And we have a, a server running 4.2, Laravel 4.2 still, which mm-hmm. requires the mcrypt extension as part of the framework and yeah. does, doesn't support anything other than mcrypt. So had to do some uh, hack and slash on that one. Took me a day, but finally got it all cleared up. Are you uh, claiming that you're running a Laravel 4.2 uh, application on 7.1? I am indeed. Wow. That must have taken some work. It's it's really not that bad. There's one place in the Bootstrap process where it checks for the uh, it checks for the extension to be installed, which you have to disable, and then you can just copy and paste over the Laravel encryptor, and you're pretty much set to go. Oh, oh, interesting. We should do a blog post on that, man. That that's like a perfect little blog post. It'd be nice. It's it really it's somebody else's blog post already though on GitHub because they did all the work. <laughs> But I had to, I had to make some I had to make some small changes. But yeah, no, it's I've got seven point one running uh, PHP four point or Laravel four point two. So Ooh, don't say not, PHP four point two. No, no, no. <clears throat> haven't worked haven't worked on that in years. <laughs> what have you been up to? Oh, nothing. Getting ready to go on this cruise. Stressing out a little bit about that with just trying to run a company with no internet connectivity is going to be an interesting challenge. See how that goes. Fortunately, I've got such a strong team and fantastic partner that I don't think it's going to be that bad. But, you know, it's just one of those things is what can go wrong will go wrong. And that'll be when it goes wrong. So we'll see how it goes. I'm stressing out about it. Got to talk to Jeffrey Way today on Chat Live. How'd that go? It looked uh, looked like a good conversation. Man, that cat, I tell you what, I could talk to that cat for hours. He is just such a cool person to talk to. Just so insightful. I mean, even if you don't agree with everything he's saying, he lays it out there for you. He tells you exactly what he thinks and why he thinks it. And he's open to, like, disagreement. It's like, okay, this is this is where I stand on this. This is why I stand like this. What's your opinion? Are you, you know, tell me tell me why why... He's just such such a such a cool guy to talk to. I I really enjoy speaking with him. He has and that that, that, that soothing the, voice too. Absolutely, the, does the yeah. dulcet tone. <laughs> That's the second opportunity I've had to speak with him. And uh, first, the first time was actually with you, and uh, you know, a little nervous. Little we we had some audio issues. There were a lot of things we we're trying to do, but this time it was just a uh, real kick back engage we you know we had the whole round table thing going so i i like the format that we're we're trying to implement with Laird chat where it's sort of a pseudo interview where we're, we're talking directly to like the special guests but you know we we try to expand it to more of a, like a round table conversation or, or about overarching topics and it's it's good it's it's a quick hour i mean man you know it just goes by so fast and there's so many things you want to talk about and it just it just flies by but it went well excellent 
We have a, a Google Hangout meetup with Adam Wathen next week. That's all you too, brother. I know, you you're going to miss out on this one. Marcus Moore, I know. I, I, I thought I had figured that out where I was going to make it back in town to, to give you a hand, but I came to the realization I was talking to the wife one more time, and she, she was like, hey, do you mind if I go out with some friends Thursday night when we get back? I'm like, sure, but won't we be back? Wednesday? And she's like, no, no, we get back Thursday morning. I'm like, Thursday morning? Oh, crap. Uh, that meetup's Wednesday night. Wait, that doesn't factor in correctly. Yeah, I, I did, That's I it. Vacation's off. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm not going to be there, but yeah, you and uh, Marcus Moore, your replacement, will, will be running the show. I'm, I'm going to be excited to see the final product. You say that now. I do. I just yeah. said it. So we'll see how we'll see how it goes. You got a great person to speak to. Yeah, he's, I mean, I, he's really interesting. His he writes amazing stuff. I mean, just amazing blogs and easy to follow. If you ever, if you ever listen to his podcast, uh, Full Stack Radio, I mean, the guy is just knowledgeable from everything. So many topics. The guy just has some some knowledge on. Uh, he's he's going to be a cool guy to talk to. I'm a uh, I, I'm jealous that uh, I'm not going to have the opportunity. Well, I will have the opportunity, but later. Uh, I think he's going to be on Lair Chat Live uh the end of Feb- February. I think he's actually on Lair Chat Live, Live the end of February or March. I forget. I, I have to go look. But you guys get him first. Yes, we do. We get to we get to ask all the questions, the upfront questions, and see what you come up with. That's right. Yeah, you guys get the first crack at him. Did you, uh, I know you're not a big podcaster. You do not recently, long, uh, not recently, no. You don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Did you hear the news of uh, Laravel News, though? The news on Laravel News. I did hear this. Uh, we've got uh, new, well, I'm sorry, am I stepping on your story? No, go ahead, yeah. New presenters, new hosts for the Laravel News podcast. Be Jacob Bennett and Michael Dindra, right? <laughs> Should have practiced that one. <laughs> Sorry, I called uh, uh, Jacob. Uh, I, I don't know if he, he goes, he seems to go by Jake Bennett, but I called him. I was talking about him on Lair Chat Live and I called him Jake Evans. I'm like, who the hell is Jake Evans? I, I, I have no idea where it must be Evan coming back to haunt you or something, Thomas. I have no idea. And then it's Michael. Now I just hear your pronunciation pronunciation in my head. Dorinda? People, yeah, that, let's go with that, Dorinda. That guy is funny. He's uh he's uh a big uh tweeter and uh he's he's a cool guy. Those the both those guys are really cool. Now they had a podcast. They have a podcast. That's that I told you about it before, the North Meets South podcast. Because he's that's the one where um Jake is in Chicago, Mike is in uh, Australia. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that's that podcast. So they've been doing the uh, North Meets South podcast for a while. I actually had dinner with uh, Jake at Laracon last year. I mean, it was there was a whole bunch of us. I, I actually got invited on a fluke. Marcus, your your replacement, said, hey, I'm going to dinner with this guy. Do you want to join us? And there was a whole bunch of them. I'm like, yeah, I, I actually didn't know who the guy was at the, at the yeah, time. But you locked eyes. There was a moment where it was just that's the two it. of you in it the room. Was, there was that no, no, that was not the kid. Were you there? 
No, it, uh, so it's right th- next to you guys, the whole time. Those guys actually have their podcast, and I was curious what they were going to do there. And it sounds like they're going to try to do both podcasts, which I think is kind of kooky. But who am I to judge? I do two podcasts right now, as it turns out. So, but yeah, they're going to continue to do their full uh, North meets South, and then do the Laravel news. So, you know, cool for them. Uh, and that's what I was, I was talking to the guys on the the show earlier. I'm like, those guys are just in beast mode. I mean, they're maniacs because they're doing the two podcasts. You've got, uh, you know, they got full time jobs. Um, you got uh, Jake Bennett just released his uh, Markdown for Medium package, which he he'd been working on. And I these guys, uh, yeah, Michael Durand. God damn it! Now I can't say his name. I, I've been big Mikey D. Yeah, Mike D. Well, you know that's his new name, Mike D. That's how we're f- referring referring to him. Anyways, you got him doing little uh, screencasts now. So these guys are all over the place. What do you want to do? I, I'm not even moving. I'm not even moving cards around yet. Not even moving cards. We're just we're just shooting it. We're just we're just shooting it from the hip. So you know this is episode forty six here. Mm-hmm. Right after forty-five, before forty-seven. This is going to be. Let's see. Where are we on our last? No, we've still got three more before I before I move. Packing up, doing a lot of the moving stuff. Uh, you know, I I had a a little bit of a competition with a friend of mine the other day because of my packing up. Okay. I started I started finding you know you're you and John uh who once again is having mic problems unfortunately, uh your big early adapters you love the smart watches and the pens that memorize what you're writing down and things like that this is true but uh when i was a when i was a impressionable youth in my 20s working as a, a developer living with my parents and having lots of, of money to throw around i was very into pdas mm. so uh a lot of my my moving lately has involved opening boxes and finding PDAs from the nineties, the early two thousands, <laughs> the, the sort of precursors to actual phones that we use nowadays, but Palm you know, pilots. Yeah. Half megapixel cameras had a Palm pilot, had a Sony Klee. Klee. Oh Klee. man. I, I rocked the Klee's. Oh, those things. I, I, I was work. I worked at Sony at the time and, Every time they came out with a Clie, I'm like, oh, yeah, I need that one. That's the one I need. Yeah. I really wanted the clamshell one that had a camera in the center. It mm-hmm. was like $700. Yeah, I don't have that one. Yeah, it's ridiculous <laughs> stuff. No, I, I don't have any of it anymore. That at all. I, I looked at all this stuff that I had and thought. So you're not going to try to eBay it or anything? No, there's an electronics recycling thing going on. They'll find the appropriate place to put it. Probably India. <laughs> yeah. CAs, man, Palm Pilots. I remember those; those were going to change the world. They did. They did for a brief time. Well, they they really look like modern iPhones and stuff like that. If you look at the designs, it's just that uh, the real big advancement was the Gorilla Glass, the the screen that you could drop from one inch and it wouldn't guaranteed break. Mm. Because those PDAs, man, those things shattered. Yeah, they were. They yeah, shards came off of them. <laughs> Okay, so you know we we uh, had our little campaign where we were trying to get Laracon to come to San Diego. Remember that? I remember. I'm still uh, and, a little upset. Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little bitter, a little bitter about it. I'm not gonna lie. We still have a uh, so 
still have 2018. We we can shoot for 2018. But it looks like uh it looks like Canada. Uh yeah, this guy's up in Canada. They're trying to uh make get some movement on potentially having a Laravel conference. Okay, so it's not happening yet. It's this not Yeah, I'm I'm a little confused about about who's behind this and uh what the end results are going to be, but there's a survey that started floating around to have a conf- a Laravel conference in Canada. And right now, from what I can see, is just a random survey that people are filling out. I'm, I don't know who, who exactly is championing this, and I just thought it was odd. But if you're a Canadian and you're interested in having a Laravel conference in Canada, check out our show notes. We'll put a link in there. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to really report on this. Yeah, or if you're not Canadian, I mean, and you just want to go to Canada for a conference. <laughs> true. The the True North Conference uh, wrapped up this year. They're not going to hold, hold no one of those. That, that, was a, that was a Canadian-based PHP conference. That was, that was, the, by that was the big Grumpy. one. Yeah, that was run by Grumpy and, and those guys. So, yeah, interesting stuff. I seem to be getting pulled more and more towards Canada. I don't know if it's a sign based on what's politically happening here in the U.S., but I'm I'm making more and more Canadian friends and developer friends, no less, like people doing the, the development stuff. Uh, almost uh, landed a, uh, a contract up in Canada. Actually, I don't know. I haven't yet. Uh, we kind of just had a, a couple initial meetings with them, but it's just... I seem to be getting pulled up north. Yeah, Canada's calling out to you. It's the the <laughs> maple syrup. I don't think I, I don't think I'd have a lot of resistance from the wife right now about the idea of moving based on what's been going on here. I heard I heard they're building a wall though to keep Americans from coming in. <laughs> that's my joke. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's everybody's it. joke. Everybody assumes Trump is. Trump's wall is uh, between the U.S. and Mexico to keep Mexicans from coming in, but what they don't know is between the U.S. and Canada to keep keep Americans from escaping. Yeah, you're not getting my health care, buddy. <laughs> oh, some Laravel 5.4 news. We yeah, have seen this. A good host of Laravel 5.4 news today. Well, it's it's queuing up. I mean, it's supposed to be released here very soon. Yeah, Laravel 5.5.4 is supposed to be rolling out here any, any day. Yeah, um, according to Taylor, it's going to be this week or well, or this within almost over within the next seven days. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They announced uh, a couple new middleware for Laravel 5.4. It you know it's kind of kind of hokey, but it, at the same time you're kind of like yeah, you know that's actually that's actually a good idea. Yeah, it's uh. You sort of see it and go, well, I don't know if I'd really need that. But uh, the first one is string trimming, automatic string trimming. So you can just insert a middleware in your route and say, yeah, anytime there's a string passed by the user, trim spaces from the ends and the beginnings. And the, Which, I mean, that sounds like such a simplistic thing, but as any of us know who do a lot of forms and take in a lot of user input, that's the sort of housekeeping you have to do. You know, use it I, typically what I, what I do is I, I trim it I, 
depending on what the information is, I'll do a string to lower or string to upper just to kind of normalize the data. And yeah, those sort of housekeeping things you, you, you do. So I guess it makes sense to have a middleware to handle it for you. Yeah, and then another one here, which I'm not 100% on board with, um, but converting empty strings to null. I mean, so... I think... I, I think it's just, uh, again, data consistency when storing something in a data store somewhere. Uh, just make sure you're you're doing those inserts as null, uh, I think makes sense. But, yeah, you know, again, it's just another little housekeeping tip. Uh, I don't think it's going to change anybody's coding styles or anything. Yeah, so that's good. And then, yeah, of course, the news that... Uh... Laravel 5.4 will be releasing soon, and uh, the docs for Laravel Dusk as well. So you know about Laravel Dusk, right? I do. I, and I, the, the reason I know about it is because I was listening to your your pains and testing, and I heard Taylor mention it, and now I know you're kind of a fan of it. Yeah, I've actually spent the time, uh, got it running, which it turns out that pulling the dev branch of the framework and then the dev branch of Dusk it's a little bit difficult, but once I got it all up and running, uh, I ran into some problems, created a pull request, got the pull request merged. So now it's working for Linux users as well as Mac users. And there is a person working on getting Windows working as well. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's back up a little bit. Let's not just gloss over this. So what happened exactly? I had some trouble getting it running. The, my, my main issue was that I could get it running with the Chrome driver if I executed the Chrome driver on the shell. But if I executed the Chrome driver through Laravel Dusk, which is, you know, obviously the preferred way to do it, then I couldn't get it to work. It would time out. So after a lot of snooping, because it turns out it's really, really hard to get the error output of the Symfony process if you're in the middle of someone else's code, then... I found that it did not have the display environmental variable set, which is normally set by the console. So, you know, just a 10 character change drops the, the display, the default display environmental variable in there and poof, good to go. So you, you, you created a patch and opened up a, opened up a pull request? I did. I, I actually went further than that to toot my own horn. I went through all of the support. I went through all the support tickets and pointed them at my patch as well and said, hey, look, I got it working. <laughs> <laughs> so Which, you, went through, you went through all the issues? Is that yeah, what, yeah. Is that what yeah there was a guy who was running Linux Mint who couldn't uh, get it working as well, and I contacted him and let him know that the latest patch would fix his issue, and he tested it, and it worked out great. So, uh, And was your PR accepted? Was it pulled in? Absolutely. Taylor himself. What? What? The, man, the man on high accepted my pull request. So, so you have officially contributed to the Laravel framework in in a very very minor way. Yes. Hey, that's all it takes, man. <laughs> I've got takes. my uh, I've got my Hacktober sticker right here too. Did you get your Hacktober stickers? I did. I did get my Hacktober. I didn't get a Hacktober shirt. But I got a Hacktober sticker. I don't know where it's at. I have it around here somewhere. So I've been tinkering around with Dusk. Uh, boy, it's nice. It really makes you wonder why people haven't spent more time with testing frameworks, creating testing frameworks that are as strong as the Laravel framework is, which I, think it's I, 
time. Yeah, I guess now it's just happening. So yeah. Dusk is uh, acceptance testing. So it, okay. it'll actually pull up uh, a Chrome window or Firefox window and run code against it. And it's got some really nice stuff. Some of these functions, I mean, you just you, you hear the function name and you just go, oh, geez, that saves me so much. Wait for text, uh, assert C text. Uh, the, the, he built a whole page system so you can create a page and how, how that page is tested is run independently so you can run that page as a single test. Just incredible stuff. Like basically controllers for testing. The same way we use mm. controllers for request handling, he's built controllers for testing. Um, mm -hmm. You can access the JavaScript in the page that's loading. So you can say, wait until this JavaScript variable is true or wait for the link that has the text create to appear on screen. So this is all for testing stuff like view, Ajax calls, things like that, where there wasn't a good framework for testing this before. Now there just is. And correct me if I'm wrong, one of the strengths of it is you don't have to go digging in the DOM and trying to find out where that element is. You can just address it by the ID, correct? You can address it by a, a number of things, and you can actually create custom values. So like I was saying, you've got your page object. The page mm -hmm. object can have shortcut names to different complicated uh, DOM selectors. So if there is something that you need to select by a complicated selector, then this thing will just do shortcuts for you and say, yeah, when I want the submit button, click the submit button on this page. It's really cool, and it's not even done. It's I mean, the, the documentation keeps getting updated every day, and I keep seeing stuff in it that I really like. Yeah, um, I was talking to Jeffrey Way, and I, I was telling him how much I enjoyed it. He, he re recently did a uh, Laircast video where it wasn't one of these educational videos. It was him basically screencasting himself looking into Dusk and trying to figure out how it worked and how he kind of breaks down an application and, and tries to figure out what's going on under the hood. So he was kind of clicking around and, and seeing how things function. And it was, it, it was a very insightful uh, video. I mean, not only did you get a lot about what Dusk was and how it's, con how it's going to work, but you know, you, you really got an understanding of, of how he approaches these, these new methods and functions that, come up in Laravel and how he starts to break things down and what, what kind of, what, you know, what rabbit holes he'll run down to see how things work. So it was good. It's a, it's a really good video. I mean, it's only one, it's only one video. It's, it's actually a pretty long one compared to the other ones that where he's showing you how to do something. But, but again, it's him just kind of free, free form clicking around trying to see how things work. Yeah, and according to a tweet from Jeffrey today, uh, there will be a quote-unquote mass of 5.4 lessons coming up uh, within the next week. So hopefully that will include his work on Dusk as well. Yeah, now this Dusk is a is a uh, additional package, or is it part of the base uh, Laravel install? Right now, it's an additional package. It might get merged into the 5.4, but uh, I'd actually be surprised if it did it can run independently. So since it's just pulling open a Selenium session, or I'm sorry, a uh, Chrome driver session, it doesn't use Selenium, which is my favorite part about it. Uh, since it's just pulling open a Chrome driver session, you can test any domain uh, any way you want to. So you could actually have a project that's just your tests for all your other projects. 
You, you say it doesn't use selenium at all? Doesn't use selenium at all. Hmm. It's, uh, it just uses the Chrome driver. It's, which is something that is notoriously a pain in the ass to set up, but mm-hmm. now it's, now it's just not, now it's really easy. So, which is always one of those nice advances in technology when something that was a two-hour project becomes a five-second install. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's actually uh, there's actually a guy who already started using Dusk to make automated payments. Um, <laughs> Did you see that? Yeah, it does bill pay. Yeah, it does auto. It automatically pays like uh, I forget what bill it was, but. It's like his gas and bill or something, but they don't have an automated system, so he just wrote one that uses Dusk to do it. I, I actually have a very similar requirement, and when I saw that article, I'm like, huh, what a, what an interesting use case for that, because I have one where I, I need to submit an internet bill. My wife submits our internet bill for uh, the company she works for for a reimbursement, and there's no automated way for me to do that, so... Once a month, I have to remember to log into her account, drill down to her account information, find this PDF. It's always in the same place. It's always named the same thing. So, you know, I've always been curious about what it would take to write a script to do this. And after I saw that article post, I'm like, hmm, maybe I can do the same thing. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's this is one of the fastest adapting projects I've seen where it's still in alpha. It's still not released and people are writing code for it and talking about how much they love it. So I, I think we'll see a lot coming out of Dusk in the future. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Okay, Mr. Writeout. Well, I mean, we've so the news. part of part of my experience of of getting a pull request accepted was following along with a, a blog post by Matt Stauffer or Stauffer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had this trouble before where I don't know how to contribute to open source. I don't, I'm not comfortable with staying up to date on the project and making sure that I have the latest code and I'm not just screwing everything up for everybody. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a very concise, brief article called how to contribute to an open source GitHub project using your own fork. And it just, Breaks it down so nicely. Yeah, I I read this and I found it to be very appealing. So so the, the, there's a lot of different workflows around Git and and how to manage uh, repos and branches. I've worked for companies that kind of in, insisted that everybody works from the same repo, which was the company repo, and you know you everybody created branches you know, as part of that repo and they would prefix it with their names. And <sighs> I was never a fan of that. Um, you know, I've always been kind of a fan of having a very clean repo. Like my, my main repo, I, I, I really want very few branches in there. I want a master branch, a staging branch, maybe a beta branch or a release branch, but I don't want it cluttered. So I, I've always kind of been uh, a, a proponent of, this style of Git workflow that you see in open source a lot, where I, I ask our developers to fork branches into their own personal repo. That way they can handle their repo, their personal repo, however they want to handle it. If they want to create branches for every ticket that they work on, if they want to you know, put everything in one branch, I don't care. You can jack up your personal repo however you want. Then 
to get it back into the main repo, you submit a pull request. Now, to be clear, even when I worked for the company that had everybody working within the same repo to get your code into a staging or master, you, you submitted a pull request as well. But I always like the idea of the developer just kind of taking the code into their own branch, managing it however they want. If they want to get use GitFlow to manage it, if they want to create a bunch of different branches to manage it, that's fine. Then whenever you're ready for us to merge your code into the main branch again, you submit pull requests. And that's a lot. That's very kind of, that kind of mirrors this, this article on how to contribute to open source. And, and it's funny how, how much debate you actually get on that. It, it's one of those few cases where I felt like I kind of had to say, okay, listen, we can, we can talk about this for months. I'm the CTO of this company. I'm telling you how to do it. And I, I don't play that CTO hat a whole lot, but that was, that was one of the t topics where I feel like there's probably a dozen right ways to do it. There's probably three wrong ways to do it. I don't feel like the way I was explaining to have it done was one of the three wrong ways. So, you know, nothing was being gained by continuing to have the conversation. And I kind of had to say, okay, appreciate everybody's input. This is how we're going to do this. Sure. So we'll have we'll have that link in our show notes, but uh, I highly it's a real short it's like a one minute read. It's really great though. Really, that's all you had to say about it. I I just rambled for like good ten minutes on that topic, and that's all. Sure, we'll post. I don't it in the show I notes. don't disagree with you. I 100 percent agree with you. Right now, I use Git Flow. Uh, I'm sick of Git Flow. I think it it was a great idea that had a barely written tool set created. I, I for think it. Git, I think Git Flow is great. Well, yeah, I'm maybe using that word great a little loosely. I think GitFlow has a place for beginners who are learning how to manage a project in Git. But once you understand the, a lot of the core concepts and how to name branches and you know who talks to who and how to merge, and I, I think GitFlow just becomes a problem. Yeah, I think especially if you're if you're using Git flow in place of pull requests, which is the environment that I'm in, uh, I would much prefer a the, the GitHub or GitLab's pull request environment than reviewing through console on Git Git flow. Yeah, but to each his own. Uh, it's you know one of the hardest things to do is to retrain people on a process, a business process. Very true. This isn't. This is in reference to doom and gloom now. I don't know if you want to go into the, the dark areas yet. Is this doom and gloom? It's not actually mm -hmm. doom and gloom, but it. it I, I saw the word. I saw WordPress. I'm like, this is gonna be. This has got to be doom and gloom. I, I thought about that when I saw it pop up, but I, I I skimmed through the article. It didn't seem like doom and gloom. Well, it was doom and gloom. So a while ago, we reported on WordPress vulnerabilities that would allow hijacking of the update system so that you could push out your own WordPress update that did not get signed and verified. And oh, I just... remember that. Yes. yes. Well, it, it appears that WordPress is now officially addressing the issue. They are getting cryptographic updates uh, coming soon. And... It's it's nice to see the problem being addressed. It seems a little late, seeing as once the problem hits, it sort of explodes all over the internet. But they they did say that they are addressing specifically this update infrastructure problem, and they outlined 
very precisely the code that they are going to be implementing to do these cryptographic signings and updates to make sure that the community gets to put their input in and say whether or not this is a sane or not sane method of doing it. So it's it's good to see the work moving forward. It's interesting to see it coming from a non-WordPress official blog. Um, you would think WordPress, being the large company it is, would want to address this officially. But yeah, it kind of it kind of makes you question it a little bit, right? Yeah. Uh, but this is coming from uh, a Matthias. Don't have the last name there. G E N Grenier. Uh, Matthias Grenier, who is a podcaster and open source developer, speaker, sysadmin. Mm, so he's a podcaster at sys, syscat. I have not heard of this one. Talk yeah, to so, Linux, open source, and web development. Oh, I'm going to have to add this one to my... I, I've got way too many podcasts to listen to. I think this is a new one. Podcast.syscat. It sounds like he's involved in the open press, the open uh, source community. I'm not sure what his relationship is with WordPress or why he's the one who's covering these changes coming up in WordPress, but uh, at least they are happening. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, not doom and gloom, but it is addressing a previous doom and gloom article. Yeah, and not doom, not doom and gloom, doom and gloom. Yeah. All right. Although now I do actually have some doom and gloom. What? Apiary. That's a great that's a great service. Fantastic service. I mean, really fantastic. It's it's a tad expensive for what they provide. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um apiary.io if you don't know is an API uh documenting, authoring, testing engine. They provide a really impressive service that lets you create what would be considered TDD for documents, I guess uh apis right right well the so you you create the documentation for your api before you create the api itself and it uses the documentation to create a two bots one bot which accepts the commands and one bot which echoes commands so you can create your api against these two bots that have been generated from your documentation it's very ingenious it's a it's a fantastic service um and the documentation engine is you know markdown or markdown 2 or whatever they're using so it's it's pretty easy for anyone who's familiar with markdown um but they've been purchased by oracle yeah i saw that you think you think maybe maybe it'll be a good thing like maybe the the cost of the service will go down I don't know. It, together, Oracle and Apiary will help companies thrive in the digital economy by comprehensively managing connectivity, complexity, and API proliferation. Nothing about money there. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about it. I'm not a big supporter of Oracle. Um, they they're definitely one of the companies that one of the big companies that worry me. The more that they kind of inherit these open source, not that that apiary was open source but the more they inherit open source projects more concerns i have yeah oracle always strikes me as a the sort of dumb lumbering giant of a company mm -hmm. where it's like accidentally steps on a village and doesn't notice mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. not malicious i don't see oracle doing malicious stuff but i do mm -hmm. see them accidentally trampling a farmland you know <laughs> Yeah, so, no, I totally know what you mean. Yeah, 
my my concern just there is just yeah i like that service apiary i never used it as much as i wish i could because of the price limitations but hey maybe if oracle finds a way to integrate it to their database systems they'll want to make it free for the sake of promoting their other products that would be cool or at least cheaper hint hint nudge nudge oracle i know oracle's listening we have 200 listeners kind of down the same path not exactly the same story but um i don't know if you recall quite a few episodes back i talked about how um google purchased uh firebase firebase io which was this uh, uh schemaless data store uh as a service that you could use so you you i enjoyed using it i still use it actually it allowed you to create these data sets that you can then address any data set through JSON. Very similar to, say, like CouchDB, if you're familiar with how CouchDB worked. It was sure. it was a lot of the, the same principles. And uh, I, I noticed, so, so kind of stick going down that path a little bit, these data stores like this, the, these document data stores, uh, we've been playing more and more with it at work because we're really seeing the sweet spot for them being mobile development um, where this requirement for synchronized data uh, comes in place, but there's the, the overhead of, of a relational database uh, kind of impedes that process. And these document stores really seem to start to shine there. So we, we've been looking more and more at using different document stores uh, for our mobile development. And then I heard yesterday, maybe it was today actually, or yes, I think it was yesterday, Google bought Fabric, which was like, you know, all about mobile development, a mobile development platform. And I don't know, I just, you're seeing all these little projects and these little services that were out there starting to get consumed by these bigger companies. Yeah. You think, Uh, why am I not one of them? Consume me, Google. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I need to come with the product quickly because everybody's buying everything. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, to be to be fair here, I I consider Google to be the uh, the god of the Old Testament, where it's just it's it's a, a wrathful give and take, uh, indifferent god that just wants to see our pain. <laughs> Do you remember Google Reader? Where they were like, "Hey, everybody, use this. It's the best thing ever." You and then they were like, "We're shutting it off in let- two weeks." Two weeks you've got. You were so bitter about that Google Reader. <laughs> Everyone is. Everyone I, I should be. Reader. Yeah, I loved it, but it was a side product project. It was never like an official Google product, was it? It was. It was something yeah. that was spun up as you know one of those whatever fortieth hour free time things. And... Well, you remember you remember what Google's saying used to be. Uh. Don't get creepy or something. What? Don't. <laughs> they were creepy for long time. No, don't be evil. Evil. That's it. Don't be evil. Yeah. Yeah. That's not their saying so much. Anymore. No, it's not. No, no. They uh, they got cool with evil. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, evil was. They they realized evil was really kind of a matter of perspective. <laughs> yeah, and then they had to issue a press release explaining that to everyone who uses Google products, which is. <laughs> Got to be the hardest press release to ever write. Uh, you know how we said we weren't going to be evil, right? So, but that means a lot of different things to a lot of people. 
<laughs> we were hiring this one guy, and and he's like lawful evil. So we kind of just had to change things. Still, cool, cool guy. So I, I threw up a last minute uh, card on our trailer. You have board. to say that without speaking into your hands. You know the that'll come through in the podcast. Oh, no, it'll it'll okay. come through. <laughs> They'll hear it. Dude, I am so tired. If, if if you're watching our live stream right now, my eyes are just like bloodshot red. And yeah. So he's I got tired, at, not high. I know. I got up at uh, five o'clock this morning to take my daughters to the train station because they they take the train up to Disneyland. That's their new thing. My one daughter discovered this uh, a few weeks back that she can actually take the Amtrak up to Anaheim and take a bus from the train station, uh, a shuttle, a Disneyland shuttle from the train station to Disneyland. She drives, but Anaheim is about two hours away. It's freeway driving. She doesn't particularly want to drive that far. So So, she made you do it. Well, no, I I drive her to the train station now, and she takes the train up. So her and her sister uh, took the train up today, but they like to be there first thing. So I had to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning to get them to the the train station so they can get on the first train and then yeah i've just uh, been going 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 non-stop since it's been a stressful day too it's uh, a lot of things going on at work uh, oh yeah you missed it we had a uh we john and i you know we are business partners so we tend to work together a couple times a week where we physically get together we take care of some business and you know we hang out and get some work done and one of the things that we've had requested the most um put your pants on from from the user groups is that uh we uh we have some sort of working um scenario where people could come and work with us like they wanted to just come hang out with us and work together so yeah john decided to make that offer available to people anybody interested and uh we had like people show up like we're we're sitting at this little crepe shop here in this little city this little town i live in in southern california which is not really close to anything downtown san diego and we're sitting in this little crepe shop and sure enough people start wandering in it was cool it was really cool so we had our we had a little co-working thing going on today you're gonna have to move one of those co-working sessions closer to me because you guys start at nine and end at eleven, and man, by that by that point, I'm just waking up. It's <laughs> just waking up. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not getting on the road at nine o'clock. Oh, I thought you were saying eleven o'clock. This <laughs> is, dude. I mean, I'm waking up. You guys are finishing. Jeez, <laughs> everyone's drinking, <laughs> drinking coffee. I'm still rubbing my eyes. Yeah, it was good. It, that we actually did hear that a couple people mentioned it was kind of a short window, but. I don't know what. What do you want? <laughs> you working? You don't have to leave. I mean, it's it's a it's a coffee shop. You can you can hang out there. <laughs> no, I'm just saying you got to you got to move it closer to me for for these final days here. You know, we're within three weeks. I know. Howie's very close to you, right down the road. Just drive down the road. It's two freeways. It's the end of one freeway. <laughs> so I threw another card up on the Trello board. Nothing spectacular. I just I, I know we this. talked a lot about uh we talked a lot about um Laravel 
And so I thought it would be cool to kind of share uh, some other information out there. So if you're if you like graphics and you like graphs and seeing how all these like different little quirky things of a uh, code base oh, boy, does, that is pretty. Yeah, Symphony Trends um, is out there, and uh, it basically has some nice graphs against just about everything Symphony. Everything about the Symphony code base. Uh, commit count to Symphony code and docs per year. Number of developers who made a certain amount of commits to the Symphony code base. Um, I mean, just everything you could probably possibly want to know about the Symphony code base graphed out for you. So, Symphony now, trends. One of the interesting things I found here is that the the core contributors, the core Symphony team, only accounts for about half of the code in mm. the Symphony engine. The other half of the code is just other contributors. So it's very interesting to see that an open source project like this can exist with the cooperation of the community like that, where it's, it's got, I mean, there, there's main contributors. This is a Robin Chasless, 65 mm. commits versus the next down, which is 17 commits. So there's still big contributors, but it's the community that's building this. It's the community that's doing uh, a significant amount of the work. Well, and another interesting graph to look at, and I don't know how to take this. Maybe I'm, I think I choose to take it more of the code bases become a lot more solid, so there are a lot fewer contributions. But... Contributor count to Symphony code per year. And if you look at that graph and look at how many, how much of the contributions are contributed by new contributors, it's, that's a lot. I mean, it, it does a lot. New contributors contribute a fair amount of code to the Symphony code base. Yeah. And I really like Symphony. I, Symphony is one of the things I want to get into. Um, it's the core powerhouse behind so many other things laravel included and i think the way that the way that php goes is being led by a lot of the development in symphony um and and fabian potentiers work on symphony yeah i think symphony is definitely going to be my ne next logical step if i if i am to move on to another framework it would probably be symphony although cake php raised my antennas again this past week with some new releases that they had. Cake PHP was my old 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 time framework. I that's the first PHP framework I really got into. Um I, I did a I did a little Ruby on Rails development and when I came back to PHP specifically looking for a framework that was like Rails, uh, I landed on Cake PHP. And uh, they've been doing some interesting work lately, and it's it's piqued my interest. But I'm very happy with Laravel, and I think if uh, if I do move forward, it would be with something like Symphony. Yeah, the one thing about Cake PHP is that they have such great version names built in. The latest version is Red Velvet. Yes, it is. It's always had a whole bakery thing. Matter of fact, That's that, their, that was their, their official blog. Yes, the well, that was their. I think that was their, their command line too. Used to bake things. So where where we use PHP Artisan, 
uh, cake PHP was you you would bake whatever bake a controller. So yeah, which as much as I do love Laravel, uh, every time I have to call myself an artisan, I I do cringe a little. <laughs> All right, Thomas. Well, we're right at about fifty nine minutes here. You tired? I think it's I am tired. And I got to listen to this podcast again so I can make notes to our editor who is on the very last last thread with me. <laughs> can't can't upset the uh the Van Johnsons. They're a they're a wrathful clan. We are, man. And I'll do it myself. If you can't do it, I'll do it. <laughs> I don't ask anybody to do anything I don't think I can do myself except don't, for the don't, plumber. Don't commit to I'm too a... much while you're this tired. <laughs> Hey man, I've already got the Lair Lair Chat podcast release. We recorded that. I ran that thing through my filters and had it up on the pod on the audio iTunes down yeah download within like an hour or two after the show. It's I've got my Audacity filters dialed in pretty well. Well, we'll see. We will see. All right, man. Well, I think that we're going to call that our show. That's what episode forty six. Forty six. Man, just clicking them off. Not bad. All right, Thomas, you take it easy. You have a uh, an excellent evening. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm Tom Rideout. Keep it ugly. Keep it ugly. Woo! Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly. And a special thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you are looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then you want to reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Links and show notes from this episode of PHP Ugly can be found at www.phpugly.com. You can follow our hosts on Twitter. You can also follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Play Podcast, or SoundCloud. If you like what you hear, then please leave us a rating on iTunes. Until next week, keep it ugly.